All right, I'm just going to start recording. I'll just... Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to be hunched over the entire time? No, 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 wait. (laughs) Ba-dum, bump, ba-dum, bump. (laughs) This is the jankiest (laughs) mic stand How do I sound, though? How do I sound, though? Beautiful. It's just the jankiest mic stand though? How do I sound, though? (laughs) But how do I sound, though? You sound fine, Josh. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Ow. All right. <clears throat> what? I'm just excited to be recording another episode. Yeah. This is episode four. Currently unnamed. Oh, wait. Is this episode four? Yeah. Or more than four? Four. It's definitely four, because this is definitely going to be the next one. I don't have any more in reserve. <gasps> oh, oh, no. The secret's out. All of those are Oh, recorded. no. They were all recorded. They were stashed up. They're going to hear the fourth one. They go, this audio quality jumped up dramatically between three I and hope. four. I hope. They'll be like, Josh actually sounds good. Fingers crossed. I wrote something for you or for us. Really? Yeah. Because... um. I wanted to talk about, I think with the first three episodes, we were trying to, we were just talking off the cuff and we were just trying to figure out what our sound was and what our vibe was. Um, And then when we got feedback from certain people, um, it was like, oh, okay. People like the vulnerability, the intentionality. People like the unedited raw sort of thing. And so Obviously, with this podcast, and Josh and I have talked about this, we wanted it to be a starting place, but not the ending place. Like, we wanted to create more in different avenues and different things because I think we have a vision. Um, and so I wrote down what I thought my my own vision was, my own philosophy, um, and I want to share that with you um, just so you know where I'm at and why I'm doing what I'm doing in life in general and what I want to potentially accomplish. So how does that sound to you? I would love to hear that. And I assume you have something for me. Maybe not as fleshed out as this, but it something. might not be as fleshed out <laughs> as yours. Okay. But I will give it my I will give it my best shot. Do you want me to start or do you want you to start? I think you should start and then we should discuss what, yeah. what you said. Okay. And we'll see. We'll go from there. All right. Ready? Yes. Oh, I wrote I wrote it as a, a I'm going to, it's going to sound like that it's not natural, but whatever. <clears throat> I want the world to run better. For as long as I can remember, I've always taken note of the problems of this world and can never stop thinking about them. I always thought the entertainment industry was top heavy and discouraged people from pursuing music or acting. Our education system needs to improve drastically or else we continue to send everyone into the rat race and people start to settle. Not that capitalism is necessarily a bad thing, but this heavy emphasis on money has detracted from what is most important in life, community and relationship. It always made sense that we needed to improve dialogue and communication if we wanted politics to improve. We can only end cycles of trauma if we provide resources to counteract anything that can cause trauma. This includes improving neighborhood quality, making therapy accessible, good sex education, more accountability for abusers, parenting classes, making psychology a required class growing up, etc. 
As the glaring problem started to mount, it became clear to me that changes needed to happen drastically, as well as slowly. And the question became, how? I do not see myself as a politician, so I do not believe I can directly change within the political realm. realm. I do not think I am remotely qualified enough to be the scientist that miraculously solves our energy problem, nor am I an economist that will walk into the Federal Reserve and make sweeping changes across the board. Checks and balances in this world seemingly prevent us from making any sweeping change from within. Finally, I do not consider myself a Che Guevara, George Washington type, nor do I think I am called to any violent revolution. I will not walk into the Philippines, my family's homeland, guns a-blazing, and aggressively demand change. Ah, but revolution. I like that word. To tear down the temple and in three days raise it up again. I think Jesus said that. I believe Jesus also did it nonviolently. If I'm going to start a revolution, it will have to be a peaceful, creative, and subversive revolution. I think a gift economy needs to supersede our current currency economy. And we can only do this if people are willing not to do things for money in the first place. If we focus on working to better our world, not so we can maximize profit, then we will be happier as a whole. If we give and do not expect anything in return, it might inspire people to give more. As a result, people can pursue passions and spend time with friends and family. We need to learn to listen and not judge. That way people can feel safe in all circumstances as we learn to treat each other with love and kindness. The oppressed need to speak louder than the oppressor. If we have a voice, we are lucky. So let us stop and listen. With that, we need to slow down. Life is not about overworking and instant gratification. It is about the actual living of life and intentionality. It is planting seeds we will not see come to fruition. It is creating communities so that everyone can belong, even those who have been told their whole lives they don't. Life really is precious, and we are meant to live each moment to their fullest. We also need to be vulnerable, and we need to love the vulnerable parts of people. This allows for whole and honest relationships. If what I do in life does not abide by these, call me out and help me lead a better life. In doing so, I hope we can change the world drastically and slowly. I'm going to start offering my services and gifts freely. I'm going to listen more. I'm going to slow down and love the people around me and strive to create community so that love may flourish. Love can only love. I want to be vulnerable so that others are encouraged to be vulnerable as well. And that is my philosophy. May my life be in line with that. Yeah. That was incredible. Thank you. Can you send that over to me? Yeah, it's actually live on my blog. Oh, did you just post, did you as, post it? As of eight minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Thanks. That's your philosophy on life? On life in general. I used to not believe, it's not that I didn't believe in philosophy. Um, 
but I realize how important it is to know what you stand for and what you love and what you are passionate in. So that way you don't make the wrong choices or decisions in life. Um, for example, when I was uh, entering into my senior year of college, I was geared up for medical school. And then I actually wrote down everything that I loved and everything that I was passionate about. And then I also wrote things that I didn't necessarily look forward to. And as I kind of looked at all of my thoughts and um, what my heart was drawn to, it was abundantly clear that med school was not my path. And had I not done that, done that reflection, done that discernment, I would probably be in med school right now, not as happy as I could have been had I taken the path that I've taken now. And so I always make it, I always put it upon myself to reflect on myself ever so often and write a short piece or a lot of pieces or a mind map or just a lot of different notes and thoughts about what I stand for and what I don't stand for, what I'm passionate about. Because I know that the things that I don't do, somebody else will be more passionate about that and will make that part of the world go. Um, because we can't do everything and we're not called to do everything. Um, we're only called to do what we love to do. Um, and we trust that everyone else will do what they love to do so that the world continues. So, so that's just my philosophy in terms of life in general um, and how I think I want the world to look. And I can only start by changing my own lifestyle and then also um, trying to push it and, 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 and share it with other people. So, yeah. And I hope with Upward Together that we can cultivate a community such as this, um, a community that listens, a community that doesn't judge, a community that slows down, um, a community that is not selfish, um, a community that is vulnerable and a community that loves. And I think that's what I want to do in life. I want to create a community where people feel welcomed and like they belong. Because for a very long time, I lived as if I didn't belong or was didn't feel wanted. And now I feel like I belong and I feel wanted. And the, the, the difference is night and day in terms of how I want to live my life and how much joy is present. And I would be selfish to not try to share that with other people. And so if I could be responsible for just one person saying, my life is worth living because you told me it was and I believe it, man, that is so cool. It's just really that's cool. It. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's, that's it. everything. All right, I'm retired. See you guys later. Like, <laughs> I can die happy now. What are your thoughts? I just... Smiling. Yeah, you are. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did not do what I'd say. Um... I agree that it's much easier to take the correct steps if you know what your, in business terms, maybe mission, vision, values are. 
that's like the the corporate version of um your your general philosophy and i guess in a romantic way or a poetic way it's easier to take the right steps if you know the direction that you're supposed to go or the destination or at least or the destination exactly if i want to go generally east i well then i need to know directionally where east is or else i might be walking the completely wrong direction um I think you said something along the lines of it or the idea of progressivism or something, but it was, it's just like, just because you're moving, just because you're, <laughs> how do you say it? Just because you're moving forward I, I, doesn't mean you're moving progressivism forward. Progressivism is, yeah, it's, it's movement. So it doesn't necessarily, it could be moving backwards, but it's moving towards the future i mean if you if you don't move at all then you're necessarily stuck in the same place yeah you're in which for some people is great but for many people is tragically terrible yeah i read i read something where it was like when you do a math problem and you do the work what's quicker realizing you mess up as soon as you mess up going backwards and redoing it from that point and then doing it the right way or you do it the you do it the wrong way and you keep on pushing forward doing the wrong thing hoping that you'll still get to the right answer eventually realizing you won't then you have to go all the way back and 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 then restart from the beginning um and obviously the answer is it's okay to go backwards in the beginning because it will be much shorter in the long run even though it feels like you're losing your progress um because sometimes the best thing to do is to go backwards in order for you to go forwards in the right way um and i think we need to be more okay with going backwards or unlearning or taking a step backwards and and i think we just i i think i don't do that enough or i didn't do that enough so with the math example the important caveat is that that's not necessarily true if you're taking the ap statistics exam <laughs> and <laughs> And you can rack up points by getting the wrong answer at the very beginning and using zero to plug into all the future problems, <laughs> which is just a commentary on, on testing in the United States. <laughs> if you want to reach the the actual correct answer, then as soon as you realize your mistake, <laughs> maybe more beneficial to go back. But wow, way to call way to call out the American education system. No, I'm just saying that depending on what your goal is sometimes if you don't think about what you're trying to accomplish then you'll push forward because the end goal that you're reaching towards is actually something imposed by someone else you may want to try to have the correct answers this is now kind of metaphorically speaking but if all that's necessary is doing what's good enough to to appease kind of right the 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 grade giver right i it it always i always like talking about the concept of cheating in class because i mean we can you can prevent cheating by putting people in separate rooms or putting folders in front or you can just create an environment where they don't feel like they have to cheat in general maybe make work homework more sustainable maybe don't assign busy work maybe be a welcoming teacher so that if someone's like i i really was so busy during the weekend i did not have enough time to study that something could be 
changed or altered or fixed. Um, but if you create an environment where people want to learn, no one's going to want to cheat. The only reason why people cheat is not because they're bad people. It's because life's busy. Life can be hard. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, that's just in line with what you were saying is like, it depends on what your goals are. And sometimes your goals are different are forced to be different because of the grade giver or the person imposing a certain value on you um, that you feel like you have to cheat or else you're worthless because your grades suck. Um, and I think it's just a, in terms of education, but then I think in life in general, we just need to rethink period, <laughs> but rethink how <laughs> rethink. we rethink how we do things. Um, so yeah. Anyways, your thoughts. Which ones? All of them. All of them? Any of them. Whichever ones you want to share. Did you hear that? The swallow or when you say whichever ones I want to share? The swallow. The, the water drinking? You got to stay hydrated. <laughs> My thoughts. I think I'm still figuring out what's important to me. Today, I didn't do as many things as I had planned for myself. And I thought a little bit about when I worked as a camp counselor and how when there is external motivation, it's much easier to push through things and have discipline in certain ways because it feels much more like a responsibility. And... I think there's a version of myself that I'm excited to meet in the future. I'm I'm excited about the version of myself that I am, but I still feel like I'm I'm kind of in the in the forest walking around trying to discover. Like I don't know what I think which is not a very satisfactory answer, but it's, it's like my default. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For Upward Together, I think what's so important is being accepting of all people, even the people that are cast out and cast out may not always look the same. For example, when I was at Boone over the weekend, I went to this house show where these bands were playing. And there was one particular fellow who was not the most popular. And 
I just felt, I just felt for him, felt for him. I didn't, I didn't fall for him Uh, (laughs) because it just, it was the easy thing to do to kind of say, oh yeah, like that guy, you know, why is he acting like that? You know, no one even wants him here and he just doesn't get it. You know, he was being rude and he was being mean and he was being creepy. And while it's not okay to be rude and mean and creepy, I think people, whether it's conscious or subconscious, pick up on the cues that they receive from those around them. And I don't know. Now I'm just now I'm just rambling. I'm gonna lose my train of thought. But I think as part of the the kind of gift economy revolution, changing things. At the end, when I say love everyone. I say it not in jest, but as a reminder to really love everyone. Which it, it seems like a platitude, but it's really kind of more of a call to action. And it it applies to people that it's easy to say, you know, forget about those people. Those people are invalid. Their opinions don't matter. They've done things or they've said things that make it so that they don't even deserve to be treated like a human person. And it's those people, once again, that could look different for everyone. If you're listening to this right now, what the kind of person I just described probably looks different depending on who you are. But if you have someone in your head, you know, when I say love everyone, it's love that person. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy Day said once, you only love God as much as you love the person you love the least. Um, and when I heard that for the first time, it hit me really hard because how can I say I love so fully when there's this one person that I, that just gets on my nerves and I want to gossip about, or there's that one person who does something that I don't morally agree with. And immediately I cast out all sort of love for them and I go, oh yeah, they're just a terrible human being. Um, and you know, I don't know their story. I don't know what they went through. I don't know what mental struggles they might have been through. Um, and it was just humbling to realize that, yeah, we just can't, or I just can't be all noble and proud about loving. Um, I think it's an action. I think it's a humble action. I think it's something we always can be better at and improve at. Um, because... I think one of the scariest things in the world is to be a high schooler eating alone at lunch um, because you're not as smart as everybody else or you're not as athletic as everybody else. You're not as socially adept as everybody else. Um, You're considered a loser or an idiot. You don't look like what everyone else expects you to look like. You don't act like what everyone else expects you to act like. Um, And if that, you know, continues for that person, then that person's going to spend the rest of their life believing that they're not good enough. And I know from personal experience, people who don't believe that they're good enough are susceptible to doing pretty bad things. And then so what happens is that 
it reinforces what everyone thought about them in high school or at any other point in life. Oh yeah, we knew that he was he or she was a bad person. Like we expected this of him or her. But I think things like neglect or abuse um and I'm not trying to justify actions, right? Um I think I think abuse is still a really bad thing. I think neglect is a really bad thing. I think hurting others is a really bad thing. But one way to stop people from hurting and neglecting and abusing is to really just be the better person, turn the other cheek, and love them regardless. And I think the the evil within starts to lose power as they realize that they're not gaining anything from it. I think C.S. Lewis talked about it, but evil is a parasite. It can only live off of a living being. And so if you continue to minimize it by overpowering it with love, it cannot exist on its own. And it does not exist on its own. Um, and so by not giving it power, by isolating it, it has to die. And so when we see evil, rather than let it fester and grow, what we can do is shut it down with love. And that might be harder than we think. Um, or no, it is harder because we say we love and then some. all of a sudden somebody hurts you and it's harder to love them, whether that be your parents or your friends or your family members or anybody really. Um, or you are part of a community that is oppressed like the LGBT community or um, the black community or really any community that is silenced. Um, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. I just lost Love my everyone, even though it's hard. Yes. That was your train yeah, of thought. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. With caveats of, for certain groups and certain people, it may be justifi justifiably more difficult to say love everyone. I mean, that's something that's, not not said to negate people's lived experiences. And love doesn't mean, oh, you can do whatever you want whenever you want. Love is, That's not love. Love is also justice. Love is accountability and saying, hey, I love you enough to say that you deserve a better life than how you're living it. Um, what you did was hurtful. And I think you can be better because I know who you really are. And that's real love. Um Love is pushing people to be the best version of themselves that they can be while also reminding them that they're good enough in the moment. It's a weird paradox. Like you said earlier, you're like, I'm excited for the person I'm going to become. I'm also excited for the person I am now, but I'm excited for the person that's to come. And I think it's a, both can be true and both are true. I've also realized Josh is a way better listener than I am. No, I'm just more interested in what you have to say than what I have to say. In, in, <laughs> in, in moments of silence, you're like really comfortable and I'm like almost itching to say something. And I'm like, no, silence is good, Jethro. Just let the silence be there because it means we're thinking. And it also gives time for listeners to think. I always get upset in lectures or look, see, I'm talking still. Um, I always get upset in lectures or podcasts where obviously they cut out all the, the white noise or the dead noise and they keep on going. 
um, and it's like, wait, I don't get, I don't have time to integrate the the thought and think about it. Um, I was listening to our last podcast, and there were moments of time when it was just like five, six, seven seconds of silence, and I went, wait, this is nice. I can actually use that time to think about what was just said, and then move on to the next thing rather than me cutting it and um, having no gap whatsoever and just going from point to point to point to point to point. Um, and then people have to pause and then rewind, pause and then rewind. Or we can just give them <laughs> the space to listen. And it's more honest that way too, I think. Silence is super important to me. Why? In the in the age of stimulation, I, I think for exactly the reason that you just said, it allows us to think period i mean it allows it allow it gives the space to think instead of there always being a constant bombardment of ideas that you should have in your head think this thing look at this thing listen to this thing i like i like how you went and i i kind of i messed up earlier when i said it but i guess it makes sense you went it allows us time to just think period and I think so often we always try to add something to that. Like we need to, oh, you just said this, but we need to think about something. We need to specific, there has to be value to what we are thinking about, um, which is kind of linear. And we kind of are pushing ourselves in a certain way. Oh, I have to think about this sort of thing so I can be more productive tomorrow. But very little do we just say, I want to think for the sake of thinking. I want to be for the sake of being. Um like we must be something and we must think something. We must always, there must be a recipient to the action or a progress to the action. But I think something that you've taught me so well, um, honestly, talking with you is very meditative. Like I meditate, but also just talking with you is very, I consider meditation, I consider it prayer, I consider it reflection. Um, because I'm not really thinking about anything else other than this conversation. Like I am fully present and that's a very rare thing. But I think once you find something like that, you kind of want to, you really want to maximize that feeling as much as you can, because it means you're living life. Um, so basically if I could do this for the rest of my life, I would maybe. <laughs> No, don't say that was 30 minutes. It is 30 minutes, I know. No, it's... wait, I was going to say one last thing. What you just said made me think of, I think it's a um, Djokovic quote, the tennis player. He was just like, I love hitting tennis balls. I... Someone asked him like about his motivation for like playing tennis or practicing so much, and he said, I just really love hitting a tennis ball. That's dope. It's like not like, oh, I love achieving whatever, and I love like the travel. It was like, I love to hit the tennis ball. <laughs> I'm literally smiling it's so like, big. That's so sick. Well, that's what you just said made me think about that. It's just, I'm thinking of all the other things, you know, that we've discussed that we're planning or we might do in the future, and how amazing it is that the, right now the creation of the thing that right now is the only thing, this podcast, 
is something that we like so much that we look forward to so much in this moment. I think it's really whatever comes in the future. It's really beautiful that in this moment, it's really exciting and really enjoyable and really grounding for us to be having these conversations with each other. And I think that's something that we have to evaluate as we move forward. It's, it's like when we stop loving it, uh, it doesn't mean we just stop, but it means we kind of have to readjust or realign and figure out what we need to do to love it more. And, um, never do things for the sake of because we have to, but I just always do it because we want to. And as soon as it's not a want anymore, we should steer away and go into a different path. And I think that's a really cool way to evaluate things. Like, do you still love it? Um, And I was going to say, oh yeah, the Djokovic quote. Um, I think when somebody asks like, why do you love this thing or this person or this so much. I think the best purest answer is I love them because I love them or I love it because I just love it. Um, I love playing tennis because I love playing tennis. And yeah, there's no ulterior motive. You just love it because you love it. And it's just core to who you are. It's really, really, really dope. So um, it's been 30 minutes. I almost just want to record another episode. Just like, bam, like that. Love everyone. (laughs) Love everyone. And we will see you guys next week.